Hey there, I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we review Song Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, discuss our insane slate of watches this week, and talk about Jade's mystery mix CDs that she found in her car. <laughs> so remember to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. Stick around. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome once again to another episode of Our Taste is Trash. I'm Josh. And I'm Jane. Now we've gotten to the point where we're introducing ourselves like three times in the show, and you know, I'm okay with it. Listen, at least we're doing it once. Yeah. With our track record, uh, we barely do, so. This is the third time I've said something, made a reference to this on the show, so that's it. I don't think we can do any more than three. That's it. Now I have to come up with a whole new intro next time. So next week, new intro. It might not even be me. It might be someone else by that point. Yeah, right? All right, so Jade, I want to dive right into it today because I had a lot of free time this week. So the wife's (laughs) been out of town. I've basically been here with the dogs watching all sorts of movies, catching up on shows, watching new shows and yeah. and catching up. There's a ton of movies out so right now. So much stuff dropped within the last like two weeks. It's kind of insane. It really like it. I mean, which is good because this time of year is not just for TV shows, but especially for movies. Oh, yeah. This is like award season when like all the stuff that every, get everything in everything because it, yeah. it's everything that these, uh, you know, the great stuff that the production houses bought at like con and the Toronto Film right. Festival and everywhere else that they're trying to put up for an award right now and they're like hey we want to make some money on it so let's get some hype going on all these films right now jade i watched the watch you know what i'm gonna give you my list all right because i want to go rapid fire because we don't have enough time to go through everything i watched this week so you ask me i'm gonna give you brief opinion on each thing that i watched okay so first alice in borderland Ugh. you touched on this a couple weeks ago jade it's just i know it came out before squid games but it's just a worse, slower version of Squid Games to me. It's just, it's enough that it's interesting. Yeah. Eh. I think the show laid the ground, laid the groundwork for something like Squid Game. Sure. Because uh, the same concept, but yeah, it's so slow. It's, eh. Like, that's, that would be yeah. my opinion. Eh. All right. Uh, so moving on to number two, Big Mouth, season five. Okay, so <laughs> I like... Uh, why? Nick Kroll. Kroll. Nick Kroll. I, I want to call him Adam Kroll for some reason, but no, that's someone else. Adam Carolla. That's someone else. <laughs> Nick Kroll. He's really creative. I mean, this show is funny. If you like the first four seasons, go ahead and watch this one. But to me, we finally gotten to the part in a series where I'm just like, eh. Like, nothing surprising anymore. No. It's just okay. I'm, I'm almost done with it. I think this I'm almost done. This is one of those done. shows that wasn't made to last. You know? Like, it wasn't. It needed to end after probably season five. <laughs> I'm ready for them to do something crazy if they do a season six and just be like, that's the end. Like, it's... Yeah. Eh. Eh. All right. Well, how about Succession season three? <gasps> okay. This is going to take me longer in just a second. <laughs> I Jade, so I think this show is very much for people who liked... Um, Oh, now, everything's escaping me today. I don't know what my problem House is. House of Cards. This is <laughs> if you loved House of Cards, this is your show. I personally think this is the best performed, the best acted show on HBO right now. I mean, every episode is just drama. Like, I mean, mm. through the dialogue, through the storylines. I mean, it's well written. It's well directed. I mean, all star cast for the most part. Yeah, it is. Mm, like this season, it just it's going up. It, it's there's no lull. There's no like, <laughs> oh, this is kind of on the way down. Every yeah. season of this show has just continuously gone up. And nice. I mean, I, 
I'm hooked. Like, I think we're five episodes into a 10 episode season. Okay. So I am hooked. I'm caught up. Watch this if you're into House of Cards and love that just like drama kind of stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, then, how about Inside Jaws Blech. season one? I also watch this. It, yeah. It want, you know what, it, Jade? Let me, let me see okay. if we're on the same wavelength. Okay. I feel like it wants to be Rick and Morty or Futurama and it doesn't succeed at either Okay. One. I thought this was basically a cross between American Dad and Rick and Morty. That's a better because, description. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the whole like CIA underground like bullshit mixed with the whole like alien scientist with the crazy dad or like father figure yep. and she wears almost the exact same outfit as uh rick yeah she does yeah, yeah. she does 100 and you know what it, it's not as creative or funny or interesting as any of those the storyline's no. not good the dialogue's you, not like, great want something to put on the background and yep. that you just is noise filler inside Jake, that's literally what i did i played yep. most of these episodes on my phone as i was making dinner because oh my god it was i just put meh. it on while cleaning yeah, <laughs> that's, and that's <laughs> If you want a show for cleaning or making dinner, yep. Inside, Inside Job is job. for you. All right. So uh, how about The Great? Oh, I'm one episode in. I <laughs> love The Great was one of the big surprises of 2020 for me. Yeah. Because uh, El- Ellie Fanning, right? That's her Elle name. Fanning. Elle Fanning. Mm-hmm. I hate her in most things. She <gasps> plays the same actress in oh, most things. Yeah. And I I'm just that. don't find her interesting in most things that I see her. And she, I don't think she's a terrible actress. I just don't find her that great. Oh, yeah. She is amazing in this. Opposite, I can't remember the actor's Nicholas name. Holt. Nicholas Holt. They are fantastic yes. in every scene. And what I I've seen. I think because for the first time, she actually has a funny, yes. clever role. And I feel like she always gets cast as this like sweet, innocent, kind of like dull person. Yeah. And for me, this is, it's a perfect crossroads of a bunch of things I like. It's a, it's a period piece. Yep. It's a great witty comedy mm-hmm. as well as kind of a drama and and has a little bit of action in it so i yeah. mean it, it's to me one of the creative and i think overlooked shows of the past year it 100 percent is over this is like kind of one of those that snuck in a little bit and people don't really yep. i even think know that it it's exists. on hulu and, and i yeah. mean hulu is not known for a lot of great original series i think in my <laughs> no, opinion sorry, i mean aside <laughs> from like uh uh what uh handmaiden's tale i think is probably the one Handmaid. thing Handmaid. You always say handmaiden. I want to say handmaidens because there's multiple of them. The handmaid. They're handmaids. The handmaidens. Maidens. It's okay. Handmaiden tale. <laughs> anyway, Anyways. aside from that, I don't think there's a lot of original series on Hulu that people really know. But if, no. if someone were to ask me my fop, top five, top five, top yep. five yep. or ten underrated shows, The Great would be right up there, hundred percent. Nice. All right. So this one, big one, Tiger King season two. Ooh, you know what? This is what, and they even reference it. So they play, this whole thing is, is part two. Like basically what happened after After. Tiger King came out, Mm -hmm. they referenced the pandemic as what, one of the reasons it led to their success. Like in episode one. Because everyone was stuck at home and this dropped right as everyone was put on lockdown. So Everyone was watching Jade, this. Jade, I would I'm pretty sure that I would watch Tiger King if it was season two, seventeen, Listen, or thirty-five. I am hooked I just have to 100%. say this about Tiger King. I'm a little peeved because guys, the a year before the entire season one of Tiger King came out, I was listening to the podcast that this is based <laughs> off of called Over My Dead Body, and they did an entire thing. I remember telling 
everyone and their mother because I was like, hey, guys, you know Carol Baskins from Big Cat Rescue? Because I used to live down the street from Big Cat Rescue. I had She terrifies me, by the way. Yeah. I, don't know I had she, friends that worked yeah. at Big Cat Rescue. Like, I like my local mall is the mall that's right next to it. They had a Big Cat <laughs> Rescue, like, store in there. So I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is from our hometown. Like, you have to listen to this. It's so insane. Everyone was like, yeah, okay. Like, whatever. I don't know what you're talking about. Tiger King drops during the pandemic. And everyone's like, have you heard of Tiger King? Like, please don't talk to me. Yeah, it was great, though, is because you get to see, like, I mean, our sheriff, you know, here in Tampa oh is God, interviewed. Who is, I, yeah. I can't say the guy, but. I, I'm excited to see season two. I haven't started yet, but I do remember they interviewed a PI at my workplace. Oh. So, and I remember that happening. And I was like, oh. Was There's a, a lot of areas. They show a lot more of downtown Tampa and some other things. I mean, I'm only two episodes in right now, but I mean, I'm hooked. Yeah. There's only five episodes in the yeah. season. Oh, I'm just excited to see it, what they have to say. I mean, this is for any. If you watch Tiger King 1, I mean, if you haven't, watch, watch. watch season one. <laughs> and two it's freaking fantastic right. so here we go um back in it it is the great british bake-off season oh, nine. oh my god i don't have to say much about this jade mm, one of my favorite <laughs> still, shows now still going strong in on tv <laughs> paul hollywood is his best self in these last couple of seasons i think it's because he gets along better with the hosts you mm. know and i mean this season two the contestants are a billion times better than they were i think it was a season or two ago when when then we first went into lockdown and they struggled oh, to find people gotcha this time it's like they're back 110 percent. everyone who's in the quarterfinal is amazing nice. i i love this show the more it goes on it's amazing i dropped off a little bit not for any re- particular reason it just kind of fell to the wayside for me but um you know the more you talk about it i think i, I, think I gotta get back this into is it. one of the few reality like contestant shows that i am like into like really really into it's good and they're also polite they are so and nice they support each other they're so nice like yeah. the whole it's great i love, I love it. it i love everything about it uh and then <clears throat> this is a new series the electric life of Lewis Wayne? It's a movie. movie. This, is a, this okay. is a Benedict Cumberbatch movie. Look, if you like something a little artsy, a little out there, you like Benedict Cumberbatch, watch it. It's great. It's fun, neat, interesting. You learn a little something because it's based on a true person who used to draw cats in England. It's interesting and kind <laughs> of weird cats. and quirky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then last but not least, The Voyeurs. Uh, Jade, mm-hmm. you did. So we talked about this on an episode of mm-hmm. when we said, you know, let's talk trash. I don't think you. I think you undersold no, how I don't terrible think I did this movie is. And maybe I just wasn't fully paying attention because maybe what I heard Jade was, it's bad. No, but what I think I, I said it was I, a dumpster maybe, fire. No, it was an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. I mean, it's just it the Sydney Sweeney, who is an amazing actress. We know this. We've seen her in things. <laughs> Her acting is so bad. I mean, it's just bad, but it, I don't think it's her fault. I think it's no. just everyone is bad. This, well, the script, the script is, terrible. is terrible. The direction. The directing, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, everything about this is horrible. I mean, aside from the fact you get to see a fantastic set of tits on Sydney Sweeney. I mean, she is naked in yeah, she is beautiful. like 15 p- minutes of this movie, maybe something like yeah, that. A good portion of, of her is being nude. And, um, and then also the who's the gentleman that has his shirt off for 90 percent of the movie? I can't remember uh, his name, but he plays Angel and X-Men. He is just ripped i mean yeah he's his shirt i mean there's basically 30 minutes to maybe 45 minutes of the movie. there you go yep mm-hmm. is softcore porn that's yeah. what the, that's what it is and the rest of it's yeah. just terrible writing and dialogue essentially they wanted to make like a sexy rear window but it didn't work like fast forward to the nude parts if that's what you want to see otherwise skip over this movie completely it's horrible it's, yeah, it's just definitely do recommend the sex scenes yeah for sure they, they're, they're pretty good yeah uh but Jay, let's talk a little bit about what you watched this week because I know yeah. you caught up on some new things. And I did. Should we do a quick uh, Jade's Rex? Yeah, let's do it. Jade's Rex. 
Okay, so I just started uh, on HBO Max. It's called The Sex Lives of College Girls. They dropped the first two episodes. And this is like really funny. It's cute. It's clever. It's got a little bit of drama, but it's like four girls who are all random roommates. Um, the freshman year at this university, it's like Essex University, which I think is a made-up college. <laughs> and it's, I think, in Vermont. And essentially, it's like they're kind of – exploring their sexual identities it's a little bit of a coming of age um and each one of them kind of has their own like like personal journey of like sex and love and anyways it's by mindy kaling so yeah it's definitely like has that same humor that she has from like you know mindy project and never uh yeah never have i ever which i absolutely love i never really could get into the mindy project i don't know what it was i just it just wasn't it wasn't I liked my vibe. It. I don't know. It, it fell off. Yeah. I, I will say. Um, it just, yeah. I think that happens with a lot of these like sitcoms. I might have to give this a try though because HBO was heavily pushing this at me. Yeah. Like I was getting emails and I mean, it was like popping up when I turned yeah. on HBO Max. And I was I like, okay. I recommend it so far. I mean, again, it's only been two episodes, but I'm excited. Um, then I also, now this might be controversial. I started Cowboy Bebop mm. on Netflix. This is the live action remake of the original anime. So I watched the original anime, but not all the way through. It was one of those things where like they would play episodes on like Adult Swim. Oh, okay. And I would just kind of catch them, you know? So I never followed the full story. So maybe di- like diehard fans I know were not happy about the remake. Personally, I'm enjoying it so far. I do think that they dumbed down the original plot a lot from Mm. the anime, but I also think it's because the anime is so expansive. It goes through, like, I forget how many seasons, and I think they're cutting it down because I'm thinking this is probably going to be maybe three seasons. Okay, so this is a series, right, that they're doing? Yes. It's a remake of... Because I I know that I'd heard the name before, and I I think that's probably where I had originally heard it was... On that slate of Adult Swim from back in the day when I used to watch a lot more Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I think, like, the actors do a phenomenal job of portraying those characters. I think the costuming is great. I do appreciate the way they changed Faye Valentine's costume, which in the anime is very overly sexualized. (laughs) Um, No, in anime? some diehard male fans, I think, were pretty upset about that. But but I think they do a good job. So, I, I mean, if you liked... I would say, like, casually liked the anime. Mm. I think you would like the show. If you're a diehard fan, I'm pretty sure you'd probably hate it. <laughs> it's, um, been, it's been recommended on Netflix. They, they, it's popping up in my recommended, so I've been thinking about clicking on it, but I'm just yeah. watching so much right now. <laughs> I know. They're pushing it hard because this is clearly high budget. Uh. The costumes, the, like, sets, like, the, the action, the CGI. I mean, it's a lot because it's space. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the next one that I also just started was Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime. <gasps> I just started Heist. this. I just started yes. this too, Jade. Um, yeah. So this so, is high budget too. From it has to be very, from Amazon Prime because yes. they have just. I mean, they well, are pushing and it. This out. is a high fantasy show. So what I'm expecting from this show, it's going to be very complex storylines. It's going to be long drawn out episodes (laughs) so far it's good they're giving us a good they're setting up the story um they're setting up the characters and right now it's it's pretty interesting i hope it doesn't lag and draw out too much i think that's kind of a killer for you know an intro to a a new show but um so far you know and and you know what i noticed because i also i'm about two episodes into the show i I'm hoping it, it is a little bit slow paced for me right now. It feels a little bit like Lord of the Rings. Yes. Rather than in, in in what I mean by that is kind of like fellowship where it just kind of it drags just a little bit, even though I think yeah. Peter Jackson's a better storyteller. But um <laughs> 
it's not Game of Thrones where like it pops out at you and they start, you know, doing all this crazy yeah. stuff. I mean, and I want a little bit of that. I want a little more yeah. drama, like they're, just to get me into it. They're taking their time to set it up for you, which can sometimes be good. But I think in high fantasy situations, I think you need to quicken the pace a little bit yeah. to get viewers into it right away and then you can slow it down but like i said i'm only a couple episodes in so we'll see um and then i also watched the netflix original movie passing with ruth nega and tessa thompson this is sitting in my queue right now yes. like it, it how is it i could not recommend this more <gasps> it was so fantastic the use of black and white the i think it's like four three aspect ratio the original aspect ratio of film and television is so smartly used. Um, I mean, the pacing, the fact that they they film this the way that almost old movies were filmed. So there's not a lot of backing tracks, like mm. music underscoring a lot of it. There is in certain like dramatic parts. Yeah. But overall, it's like that very quiet. You can hear the footsteps, the breathing, the those very tense moments. So very like 1940s to 60s kind of like style. Okay, without Absolutely. the scores constantly underneath. And then, yeah. And I think it totally adds to the feeling of this being an older film. And I think also the use of black and white is really brilliant because the idea is that, of course, Ruth Nega is passing as a white woman, even though she is black. And I think by the use of the black and white kind of even helps that because there's almost like a, an oversaturation happening that I think adds to her like paleness because mm. Ruth Nega is like light skinned but I don't know if we today would consider that passing but I think in the, the using the black and white and showcasing her in this like light uh, she you know, obviously gets away with it in the show. This When I saw the preview for this movie, I immediately thought award season. Like, oh I my God. think, it, I mean, without even having seen the movie yet, it just screams maybe some performing, you know, some actor, it actresses awards, like it something is- like that. Brilliant. Also, God, dude, I love Alexander Skarsgård, but man, he always plays like the worst. Oh, he's the people. worst. Yeah, he plays the worst people. So he's Nurthanega's husband in this, oh. and very racist. And oh. <laughs> I'm just like. Oh, why? Why do you always have to play a terrible person? <laughs> movie review. First look. Well, before we go to break, let's take a quick look at our movie this week, which is Song Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I got that right. Yes, I got that right. Good. Yes. Ah, good job. It's on Disney Plus now. <laughs> it's uh not I don't think in theaters anymore. So if you have Disney Plus, you can watch it. I have a lot of opinions on this. We'll get into them in a minute. What's just some of your initial thoughts on this film? You know, I think this was a fun film. I think the action was incredible, and I loved, like, the costuming. But I think this suffered from being an in-between project Mm. for Marvel. I think they used this film as a setup for other films that are going to be bigger um, for Marvel and for the overall new MCU storylines. And I think it's a real shame because... I think this movie could have been set up for greatness, but I think the studio clearly just did not give it the what it needed to really be the best it could be. You know, I think we're almost on the same wavelength. I might be a little more critical here. I don't think you needed <laughs> two hours and 15 minutes to have a preview of Doctor Strange. That's really what I thought this was, is a two-hour preview to you know, Doctor Strange uh, that's coming in 2020, what, three, 22? Yeah, like, like that. what is it, Into the Multiverse? It's just... That's the best parts were the setups for that movie. That's were the best parts of the movie for me, aside from a few mm. action scenes. So, well, we'll get into. We'll it. get a little more into that in just a minute. So, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with our movie review.
And now, our feature presentation. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. And welcome back to our movie review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, streaming now on Disney+. Plus. And before we get going, you know what I forgot about last week? We we This was a tradition for yes. 17 episodes before I ruined it last <laughs> week, but... Let's get a description from IMDb about this film, Jade. Yeah, so this is a short one. It says, Shang-Chi, the master of weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. You know what? We'll take it from there, Jade, because (laughs) we have a lot to say and not much time to say it in. And I want to start right off with the cast for this film, because I was really excited. We've talked about it a lot and, and this show. Simu Liu is someone we were really pumped about because he's been in a show that we both watch. I know Kim's Convenience, and we really thought this could be a breakout role for him. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I think he did a a great job in this. And um, it's it's nice to see him kind of in an action role. But um, I don't think the overall film gave him any justice. I don't think it gave him any freedom to really go outside the box that he was put in, you know, yes. for this role. Like, I think he, he just played that stoic, what we're used to watching superhero in yeah. a Marvel movie. That's I what he played. He brought some great humor um, between him and Aquafina. They had great chemistry. Yeah. Um, and that I did appreciate, I think, you know, early on in the Marvel days, besides like Stony. Stony Tony Stark's <laughs> sarcasm. Uh, really, most of the characters are very serious. It wasn't yeah. until later in the MCU films that they started having a little bit more humor. But um, I think Simu Liu at least brought that from the start, knowing that he had comedic roots. Well, and then you have your comic relief, which was obviously Aquafina in this <laughs> yes. film, which I, I think she did a great job. I mean, you know, everyone knows her from you know probably Crazy Rich Asians. She was also in Ocean's Eight and The Farewell, which was I, I thought a really great movie. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that was like 2018 right, or something. Yeah. But uh, she. She was basically your funny, quirky sidekick. And I think she's honestly the only one that they gave freedom to kind of say, you know, if you want to improvise, go for it. Everyone else seemed very scripted. She was like, I'm just going to make some stuff up here. Yeah, I mean, truly. And that or she just has a way better delivery of her lines. <laughs> but then, of course, we get like Benedict Wong, who we all know from Marco Polo. At oh least God, I yes. do. And he's in everything Marvel, too. Like, But he's yeah. he's only in a couple minutes of the movie. He's fantastic. Michelle Yao, who... So glad she's in this. I mean, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, again, Crazy Rich Asians, because yeah. she was in that as well. But I mean, yeah. she's always a delight, I think, she's in everything that she's She's fantastic in and everything. Yeah. Well, And then she, she was also in um, what we just watched, Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh, that's right. right? She, I, I totally almost forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> always fantastic. Yes. And then, uh, you know, it took me a minute because I recognized this uh, character or this actor, but uh, his name is Tony. I'm going to try to get this right. Chow Wai Long, I think is how you say that. I might be... Close. Is, uh, how, how would you say this? Uh, hold on, let me, I just want to... So anyway, he plays <laughs> He plays uh, the dad, or Sean's dad in this, um, and he is actually Ip Man from The Grandmaster. And I was like, oh, that's where I knew. He's in a bunch of actually martial arts movies yeah. throughout the years. Well, apparently this was his first uh, English-speaking role, even though he really? speaks 
English, obviously. Yeah. I didn't realize it at all. Yeah, apparently majority, or I think all of his films prior to this, he only spoke like Mandarin. Um, so this was his first time starting I must watch a film. lot more Chinese film than I, or like martial arts films than I realized because I know I've seen him in multiple movies before. Yeah, yeah, he's in a ton. It's just, it's funny because it's that thing of like, Sometimes you just watch a film and it's so fantastic you forget that it has subtitles. Like with Pan's Labyrinth, I forget every yes. time that movie's in Spanish until I rewatch it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> completely in Spanish. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, I, I'm, ugh, we're gonna get into this. Ben Kingsley's in this movie, but we'll just skip over that for now. Yeah. Um, also directed though by uh, Destin Daniel Creighton, who uh, also directed Just Mercy, which if you haven't seen that film, oh. it's a must. It's that I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's heart wrenching, but it's a great, yeah. great movie. It came out 2019, I think, somewhere. It's two or three years ago, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but let's let's dive in here and talk about the actual movie here, Jade. We gave a quick preview of it. Um, let's talk about some of the good first. And I think where this movie excels is the action. I mean, oh it gives God. you everything you want in a Marvel movie and an, a superhero movie in terms of like these great epic action scenes. What were some of your favorite? Well, for sure, the bus fight scene is Ugh. by far probably one of my favorites. I think it's incredible use of that tight space um, and just like kind of like using the objects within the bus as like ways to fight. I it just oh my god, and then watching Aquafina like take rein of the bus <laughs> and like driving, it was so good and there was humor incorporated i love the character of clev he's like hey guys he's live streaming he's like he's like uh guys uh i don't know what's happening right now and you're like dude the guy's slicing a bus in half and you're just sitting here live streaming it was so good i just yeah i absolutely loved that um fight scene and then probably the one on the scaffolding outside of the um building where the fight club was was incredible. oh yeah 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 well after he meets his sister and yes. you know, Sean meets his sister and then they go and you have this crazy I don't even know how to describe it I mean everyone's falling off the side of a building you essentially what's funny is I'm like I feel like Jackie Chan has like three movies where he's done scaffolding fight scenes and it really just reminded me of that I mean Rush Hour being the one that I remember the most and it just kind of took me back to that where it's like a little bit of humor mixed in with this great action and these beautifully balanced like fight scenes like it just this felt graceful at the same yeah. time powerful no it was and I think it really showed again a different side of Simu Liu in, and especially the bus fight scene because we really got to see him be that action hero yeah. and show off his martial arts skill that he's been working on and everything else like that and he's he really buffed up for this role. Like, I, I mean, Big time. I, I mean, I know all these guys do for, you know, uh, all these different roles, these superhero roles. But I mean, compared to seeing him in Kim's Convenience and seeing him in this, like <laughs> right. he had to put on like. 20 pounds at least for this film to like oh, be that absolutely. jacked up <laughs> well yeah i mean the uh where he gets in the fight ring and they make him go shirtless and you can actually see you're like oh my god he is ripped <laughs> ripped like geez <laughs> it's all it must have been all kale on the side of this set for oh this. absolutely well and they said too for his training so he already knew taekwondo going into this but that is a korean martial arts style so in order to do on this film he had to learn kung fu wushu tai chi um, oh, and then I think he also learned a little bit of uh, Japanese jiu-jitsu and uh, also I think it's like Russian Krav Maga. You know, I, I did enjoy that about this movie is is you didn't just get, I feel like there's a standard fight sequence in superhero movies. Yes. You know what I mean? That's just like, 
I don't know how to describe it. it, it, it we all know it. Well, especially you know, in Marvel. Yeah. All of their superheroes fight the same. It's, it's like exact a lot same of way. kicking and flipping. And I'm like, yeah. what is this? But this one, you actually do get elements, especially as you get into the characters of uh, Sean's mom mm, and her yes. people that we end up seeing near the river. It reminded me very much, and I think maybe it's because Michelle Yao is part of this group <laughs> of people. It very much reminded me of that crouching tiger, yeah. hidden dragon well, style. They use the sim- same, I think, fighting styles. It's like a mix of like Tai Chi and Wushu. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, you, you it's that very, it's like a transference of energy and the fighting styles that they use, which is, of course, you see that she actually does transfer energy because she can move like the stuff around her, um, which was so cool to see and very beautiful. And and also looking also kind of diverting away from, uh, you know, the fighting and, and all the you know, stuff you get in a superhero movie and how this was unique. The special effects, I mean, again, are you know, next to none in this movie. I mean, Marvel, Disney has a very special way of, I mean, they must, 90% of the budget must go to special effects in half these movies because yeah. it's outstanding. The the one that really stood out to me, the one scene is when, uh, you know, Sean's dad is, is getting the siblings back together again after a 10 year period. And they have mm. these, these special pendants that yeah. help them find a map to this door they're trying to get to. And when the pendants come together on this statue of a dragon, you get this crazy water map that appears. And it's oh this water that's like suspended in midair that then transforms into this map on the floor. And I was like, yes. that's cool as shit. Like, oh, it was amazing. It was, yeah, absolutely incredible. And even the creatures in this, I think like the dragon and the soul sucker, like still stood out as being yeah. like incredibly well animated. I mean, Disney Marvel definitely does. They sweat the details. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, sure. you know, a, a lot of the, what annoys me is when you, special effects I don't think are noticed until they're bad, right? Yes. Like, and you know what I can't say is when you, it's really hard when you have live action and animation in the same scenes. Yeah. And when you're able to marry those two things and they look like they're supposed to be there, yeah. that's what I think Marvel and Disney does so well compared to other superhero or or I should say other special effects type movies. Absolutely. And, you know, I think too, even the the rings when they were being used were yeah. clearly CGI, but they still felt like they were completely in the scene, especially when they would go back on the arms of Sean and his father and you were like, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, I feel like that was really there the entire time. Now I want to get into the bad Jade because oh, I have so <laughs> there's so much like I want. We've talked about this movie for months because it was one of those that I was looking forward to. I mean, like this Venom, very few Marvel movies do I look forward to. And this was on my list. First of all, I'm just going to stay right off Jade. Why was Ben Kingsley even in this movie? That was 15 minutes of movie that I just felt <laughs> yeah. didn't need to be there. So I think this was their way of reconciling the Mandarin character because they brought in the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, one of the worst films ever. <sighs> and it was Ben Kingsley. But in that film, it was established that he is a fake Mandarin, right? So in Shang-Chi, like... Wu, his father, is actually the real Mandarin character from the comic books who is actually foiled to Iron Man. Now, in the comic books, he actually wears ten, the ten rings are actually real rings on his fingers, and each ring represents a different power. So mm. the film actually changed this. So those iron rings that go on his arms are not how the Mandarin is originally portrayed. So that is new. These are based off of these Chinese strength training rings. Okay. Um, but... 
on each ring there is written and um, characters actually the name of what each power is for the rings so I think by bringing in Ben Kingsley I think they were reminding audiences that like hey I know we brought in the Mandarin in another <laughs> film but like remember guys he wasn't the real Mandarin so here's the real Mandarin you know and, and I said too you know speaking of you know bringing in other storylines from other movies i really felt like and because you get it in the beginning where you see benedict wong fighting a monster in this you know fight scene and he kind of disappears and then he shows up at the end and basically says hey sung chi we need you yes like come on and he's and he really, goes to the portal i love benedict wong and everything he's funny his lines are great he's only in five <laughs> minutes of this film but like the whole film just seems like a setup for the new doctor strange movie because obviously Aquafina and Shang-Chi with the Ten Rings are going to be in the next Doctor Strange course, and they're going to yeah. play a decent because role in that. Yeah, like he's brought through the portal with Benedict Wong. So you're like, okay, so he's going to go help him fight whatever Doctor Strange is going to be fighting. And I think what was such a disservice to this film, this felt like this was supposed to be an epic. Like this yes. felt like this was supposed to be a bigger story. Like, and you did it in two hours and you yeah like in the end it you was realized, two hours and 15 minutes yeah, you, i believe me i know because it felt so long <laughs> but it's yeah but by the end by the end you're like oh this was just an entire setup for him to go fight with dr strange it felt i don't know like it, it felt like he didn't quite earn it in a way like yeah and and also they set up his dad as the big bad right so you're like oh it's gonna be son versus father he's obviously gonna get the 10 rings from his dad either by defeating him or his dad's gonna die um, but then they're like, no, actually, it's the soul sucker is the bad oh guy. Oh, my God. Um, and so Shang-Chi is actually going to reconcile things with his dad, and they're going to try to fight the soul sucker. This is a worse setup than Frozen. Like, and let me explain it. So, like, Frozen, <laughs> I love Frozen as, like, the songs and the funny banter, but, like, the whole setup of who the bad guy is in Frozen is horrible. And I felt the same way at the end of Shang-Chi. Like, we think the dad's the bad guy. Then he's not. Then he is again. Then we get the soul sucking dragon, and we're like, and which is on screen for all of fifteen minutes, and yes. then he's killed. And you're like, this is just it's such yeah. a letdown. Like everything yeah. about this is a letdown. Right. And then, well, you're expecting this massive battle scene between the Ten Rings organization and the people of Talo, and they're fighting. You don't even get that. Yes. Well, that's the thing is, I was expecting amazing martial arts sequences, yeah. like wonderful fight, like fighting. They're barely fighting each other for like ten seconds before all the little like soul eaters come out, and then they're like, "Hey, we should join forces." And then they're like, "Okay." And I was like, "Well." What? What? You okay. guys were just chopping each other's heads off yeah. two seconds ago. And I'm ago. like, so we're abandoning all the martial arts, which made this movie incredible. And now we're just fighting demons. Can I say, you know, there are several points. I'm all about suspending disbelief to drive a plot forward. I want to go back to the beginning for a minute. So, you know, we find uh, Song Chi. He is essentially parking cars in, in what, like San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco or something? Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And what I don't get is, you know, we... I thought at first he didn't know who he was. It's going to be one of those stories. Yeah. He knows exactly who he is. He knows exactly about his father, all these other things. You're telling me that a boy or or, or you know, I guess at the time when he ran away, he was what, 15 years old? Something like like that. So 15, he was a yeah. younger teenager. A teenager runs away from home who is a probably one of the richest people in the world. Yep. Uh, a martial arts master, a trained mm-hmm. assassin. And I can get him wanting to run away from his father because of all the things that happen in this movie. But, like, 
he runs away to go park, park cars. cars. Yeah. He could have done anything. Well, he he could have done anything. He went to a major university. That's where he met Aquafina yeah. and graduated with a degree. And I forget. Something. But, like, He's a smart kid who has a lot of training and, and had some financial backing. And you're telling me that he just went and like, oh, I'm going to be a loser. That part, that part just seemed like insulting to the but character to me. I feel like, I guess maybe he just wanted to be anonymous after coming from such a well-known you know figure obviously his dad being the head of this tin rings organization which is what got his mother killed but at the same time i'm like i mean you could also just get a job being like i don't know like working in insurance but instead you're a valet like, yeah, I know, mean, it just... He literally I, lives in a garage. Like, did you see that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. It is that part, and then it's just like, yeah. oh, wait, yeah, I do know who I am, and here's all these things. And I'm yes. like, really? So you knew your dad was going to come for you at some point, I guess, and you had a sister, and then you could find okay, her in five so seconds? The, the sister thing actually really annoyed me because 100% his sister is in the right because he abandoned her there knowing that his dad treated her like crap cut her out of everything they both lost their parents and she even said like please come back to me and he didn't and he never did and you're you're telling me that after all these years he never once checked in on her is she alive oh he gets these postcards from her okay like it just it doesn't make sense like that whole thing didn't make sense there's this 10 year period and then all of a sudden within 10 minutes everyone can find everyone all of the time he's like oh my sister's in macau and get back together it's like how do you how do you know this like those kind of story pieces have really annoyed me and then also what was to me a throwaway was a lot of the backstory of sean's character and the the dad who found the 10 rings because like for instance what we find is you know he meets the mother who's part of this you know village where ultimately this evil door is where we get the soul-sucking dragon Mm -hmm. and she's one of those protectors they meet they get together they have kids and her character is pretty much just thrown away because in one scene we get this iron gang which who are these people? I don't know. Some <laughs> gang that yeah. the dad pissed off years ago and she kills like 15 of them and then they finally murder her. And that's what snowballs this whole like he picks up the 10 rings again. The dad does mm-hmm. and starts going on a rampage and becomes an evil guy again. And I'm yeah. like, I was just frustrated by the whole thing because I'm like, well, it's, you're giving us this backstory and you're just throwing it away. Well, it's also so played out. I hate I the agree. trope of like the dead wife and that's what makes men go crazy. We have to murder a woman in order for a man to become a bad guy. And then he goes and murders or, everyone. Or it's a fact. Actually, this is even worse because he was a bad guy before he met her. And I hate that women have to be the conscious conscious. Yes of men it's so annoying like why is it that she's his good conscience like he clearly didn't actually change he just was pretending the entire time to be with her to appease her so it's like that that in of itself frustrates me um but i think that could have been thought through i think a little bit better i like i said i really hate that trope and i know that that was supposed to be his driving force yeah, yeah. and also like he was like i hear her behind the door and i want to get her back still in love with her that 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 was the whole driver for him yeah going to back to the village because he thinks that she's trapped that, that also is another part that didn't make sense like he's a thousand years old he should have seen tons of crazy things at this point in his yes. life and you're telling me that he's fooled that he he watched his wife die he knows yes. she's not also, there also he's a thousand years old and you're telling me he has never heard of the soul sucker because yeah. remember there's this great battle that they like this soul sucker he would have been alive for that thank he you been alive that's for that. exactly what I thought and it was like how it's, is it there's a lot of stuff in this that just yeah. doesn't make sense but hear me out here Jade because okay. I had a okay. thought about this movie 
I think, and look, I understand that they have a certain amount of movies they want to make and, and there's money and other th- factors that go into this. But like, I think as far as a story goes, mm. this movie would have been better set up as a miniseries, much like Loki. Okay, absolutely. I 100% agree. I think this should have definitely been a miniseries. I think this should have been like eight episodes long. I think that would have given them just the time to correctly build this world and storyline and the tension. And I think it could have brought more depth to him, to his father, to their relationship with each other. I think also had they cleaned it up and not made this soul sucker the the big bad and really just truly made it a story about a father and a son. Yeah. I think that's what they should have done. I totally agree. And I think we could have worked through some more of the backstory and really appreciated who both the father and the children were as well as the wife. You know, we could have really, because I feel like what happens to me is you get some great action scenes at the beginning, some great action scenes at the end, and the middle, it just felt like they were plotting through a story. That's what it felt like. The entire middle of the movie is just like, here well, is a thing. Here also, is the next thing. They did that thing where they used Aquafina as the audience because yes. there's this whole section where they're on a plane and Sean is telling her his entire backstory. And essentially that was their way of being like, hey, audience, here's the backstory of what happened between Sean and his dad. And I was Ugh. like, this is not, there should have been a better way to showcase this. You know, like, I don't know why we're doing this exposition dump and we had to use this character, the side character as essentially the audience insert, which she was the entire time. Like, 100%. I loved her character, but she literally was there for everyone to explain things to her, but really they're explaining it to the audience. Nope, no, I mean, that's great And it's lazy writing. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah. I 100% agree. So, um, <laughs> and, and it's just, like I said, like this is all such a shame to me because I, and like everyone else, I think is so excited to have um you know an asian like superhero there's a lot of chinese culture being placed into this and, film. and not just a superhero but like almost the entire cast yes. is you know yeah. asian american well, like even when asian you're in san or, francisco yeah. there was still a ton of like asian background yep. actors like they really most of the background actors who are part of the ten rings army almost all of them are also yes. of asian descent which is Absolutely. great to see you're not seeing you know the you know, one main Asian character and then, like, everyone else is white. Right. Oh, yeah, I know. Although, I thought it was funny that they had one big assassin, Razor Fist, who was, like, uh, Eastern European. <laughs> and his car, the BMW that has, yeah. like, spray paint, is like, Razor Fist literally everywhere. So, I was like, okay, in case you didn't know what his name was, it is Razor Fist. So, uh, Jade, where do you put this in terms of ranking uh, the Sangchi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Oh, uh, this is a struggle because a part of me, you know, I think in terms of like a martial arts film, I think it was beautiful and well done. I think the visuals were fantastic and it almost wants to be a gem. But honestly, I think I have to call it a shelf because I don't see myself returning to this film really anytime soon. I think, like you said, it's just padding to build up Doctor Strange yep. into the multiverse. That's where I put it. I put it, you know, I put it in a shelf right next to all the other, you know, Marvel movies that are like visually Thor, appealing. World. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Black Widow, honestly, like right yes. next to there. Like it's just, you know what, if you like Marvel, you're gonna enjoy this. I think it yes. has enough to make it interesting to watch, but it's again not yeah. something I'm gonna come back I mean, to again and again. It's gonna be 
maybe a little bit relevant in terms of like understanding the power because obviously Sean is going to be featured heavily. Yep. His, you know, I'm excited to see him in more things. Yes, I, I really am. Yeah, like I, I, I can't wait to see him be a major player in the next level of like the MCU. So it's, you know, I think it's important to watch to get that backstory. But like I said, it's not something that I think we're going to be. You know, I've already watched, like, rewatched. I think, like, Iron Man 1, like, three times. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But well, anyway, well, if you have Disney+, Plus, add it to your list, you know, and if you like superhero movies. But anyway, that was our review of Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. I thought I could change my name. Start a new life. But I could never escape his shadow. My son, you can't run from your past. And once again, that was our movie review of Song-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, streaming now on Disney+. Plus. And uh, it's Thanksgiving this week, Jade. I know. It's doing, crazy. I'm excited we're doing Friendsgiving. You're yeah. coming over. Danielle, my wife's going to be here. And I think her parents are coming over as well. So it's going to be a family Friendsgiving kind of a thing. Yeah. Just will be a good time. I'm cooking a turkey, Jade. I haven't done it in like... Three years. Oh, well, I've never done it. It so is going to be exciting. <laughs> I am going to. This might be controversial, Dre, to some people. You wouldn't think this is, but I think I'm going to do a brine on the turkey. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Okay. That, All right. All if right. you start talking to turkey people, they're like, there is there are some very pro-brine folks and very yeah. anti-brine well, folks. At our next episode, I'll have to tell the folks if the brine <laughs> was good or not. <laughs> Don't worry, Jay. There'll be plenty of alcohol. So even if the turkey uh, isn't great... You won't remember it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal. But let's talk about our movie next week because we're going to do a change in the season type of a shift here soon. But we're going to do Zola next because we've been so pumped up about Tiger King and like Tampa Tampa? based movies. We're finally going to dive in because I think Zola is a movie we actually talked about. Way back in episode. Yeah, like towards the beginning. Two, three, something like that. I'm excited because I almost forgot that with so many other lists and TV shows that this was even on my list. But as we were talking, I was like, this would be really great. You know, what's funny, Jade, is one of the, uh, at least I've heard, one of the uh, scenes that they shot is right down the street. It's in one of the motels here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, I think the liquor store, Alpine Liquor, which is down the road here, is also one of the scenes from that show. Uh, Because I don't know if any folks remember listening that uh, essentially Zola is based off of a true story. So all the sets and locations are real places that the people involved actually we're at and went to and so it's just kind of fun and fascinating and weird (laughs) well and then we decided after that one since we're going to be full into the holiday season at that point that we're going to pick out some of our favorite holiday movies and we're going to go through some of those and then probably pick some new ones because there always seems to be a plethora a cornucopia if you will of new christmas or holiday type movies to choose a million christmas movies get released Every December, it's kind of insane. But you know what? I'm here for it. Let's watch some trashy Christmas movies mm. and some of our favorites. Because they really are. They're really yeah. And we'll let yeah, you yeah. know more about some of our favorites. We're still making some decisions, but we'll have a full <laughs> slate to give to you, probably even bleeding over into January a little bit, because that's how yeah, into yeah. holiday movies we are here yeah. at Our Taste is Trash. But uh, <laughs> Jade, I want to talk a little bit, because we were talking earlier in the week, and you made a discovery in your vehicle that I, I think secretly we all have, but yes. we we just 
it, we put it in the back of our mind like it doesn't exist. Yeah. So basically, I updated my iPhone to the latest iOS system and found out that uh, the audio lightning to USB in my vehicle no longer works. Super fun. So I can I listen to the radio, which, dear God, kill me now. <laughs> Or, Commercials? What, yeah, what is this? That's insane. 1975. <laughs> yeah, am I living in the 90s again? <laughs> Jesus. Um, and so my only other option are the CDs that I passed from car to car since I was a teenager. Um, and as I pulled them out, I have one, which apparently is filled with actual studio albums. And the other one is filled with blank Mix CDs. I have oh my God. no idea what's on any of them. I put in one recently... And dear God, what was happening? Um, I have so many questions. So we thought maybe it could be a fun series, maybe on TikTok, uh, to pop in some of our blank CDs and rediscover um, our old music. Oh, my God. You know what's funny? I think everyone, I'm going to say above the age of 28, probably <laughs> has that that book. And, and like I had one of those binders, Jade, you know, the ones oh, where the you flipped ones? it open. And it yes. was like, not not like... Some of them had like 12 sheets, but I think it's like four sheets on each side. Yeah. And you flip through it like a book. I still have that and have transferred it from car to car since I was 16 years old. Have nope. not listened to one nope. of those CDs. No. I don't even These know how many years. two CD cases have been sitting in my uh, glove box since I was 16 years old. I mean, <laughs> they've come with me. I've had four vehicles and they've been in every single vehicle. And Do some of them have scratches where they skip, like you know if you put oh, it in, they're definitely gonna yes, skip. Because I put in my Evanescence CD and dear God, that is scratched to shit because <laughs> I know what that CD looks like. I had that CD. I had I was that guy, I had a poster of uh Amy what, Lee Amy Lee in my college dorm, like Absolutely. and the CD of course. She's like, like and I'm like, mm, yes. Do you still like instantly want to just hit your Smack CD it? player? You just want to hit it. I wish be I like, could. Yeah. It's like all internal into my car. And I'm like, God, uh, God come on. Uh, and, and do you, I, you have to have one labeled like Jade's Mix or Mixtape or something oh, like that, right? So some of them are labeled. I'm so curious. One is just called Jade's Mix. Love I'm it. like, yeah. Love what it. what do I mix? Um, and then there's some that are actually my friends. Um, oh. It's actually me and Danny's other best friend, Lisa. Even better. For some reason, I ended up with a couple of her mixed CDs. Uh, <laughs> one just has a smiley face on it. One's called We're on a Road Trip. Curious to see what that is. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it'll be kind of a fun trip. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, you know, come back and join us for the next episode. We'll be reviewing Zola, which is uh, for rent right now on Amazon Prime. And we'll probably be just talking more about Jade's mixtape and <laughs> hopefully how amazing the turkey oh. was on Thanksgiving. So yeah. come back and join us again for the next show. We'll see you next week. See ya. To get ourselves a treat.